Chapter 2. Where Do Evil People Come From? This show doesn't mess around. It's a primer. It's like condensed soup or dehydrated food. You can rehydrate it and dilute it as much as you want and eat it when you're prepared to digest it. I don't care. My job is done. And my job is to present the truth to you in condensed form. All right, here it is. Evil adults come from evil children. Evil children come from evil adults. It's just that simple. All babies are born happy. All of them. Watch America's Funniest Videos or baby videos online. They may not be happy right after birth, but those of you who have babies know, at three months, something magical happens. They look you directly in the eye and focus. They smile a beautific gummy smile and they grab your fingers. And they are so happy to be alive. Everything is new. Everything is wonderful. And so much is funny that they laugh and laugh when all their basic needs are met, such as food, warmth, and a clean diaper. When they cry, it's the usual suspects. They are hungry, not the right temperature, or they're in pain from gas or colic or a wet diaper and a sore bottom. So, if all children are born happy, why do some children rape at 12 years old? Why do some murder at 15? Hmm, what could happen in 12 years or 15 that would turn these really happy, smiling children so dark? Who could possibly have that much influence on a child in a scant 12 years? It's the parents, of course. All criminals have abusive parents. All of them. Now, you've noticed families with multiple kids and only one of them is a crook or criminal. The others are good, decent, law-abiding citizens. We all know families like that. I will address that in a later podcast. The short answer for now is people born in the same household don't have the same childhood. If there are as little as two children in a family unit, one will be the golden child who can do no wrong, and one will be the scapegoat who can do no right. In families with three or more siblings, one will be the heat sink for all the dysfunction and evil committed by the parents. That child will naturally act out, and the family can point to him and say, See, we're good people. He's just a bad egg. It is, in so many ways, the ultimate alibi when evil parents can point to their other kids, the ones who turned out okay, and exonerate themselves for bad behavior. And, of course, not all adults who have abusive parents become criminals. I will address that in a later podcast. The short answer for now is, those children with abusive parents who do not themselves become abusive, turn their pain inward instead of outward on society, and become broken and stunted in many ways, in other words, depressed, even as some channel that pain into art, enriching everybody but themselves. So, evil children come from abusive parents. The way that works is, all abusive parents commit a crime of either omission or commission. You're familiar with commission, the presence of bad behavior. 
in the 1950s and 60s, it was perfectly legal to beat your kid. And with child rape, people just look the other way. These crimes were usually committed by the father. When it became illegal to beat your kid and child molestation was prosecutable, the fathers as abusers slowly faded into the background and the mothers surged forward to become more evil in the 1980s and 1990s right up to today. The difference is, Abuse carried out by the different genders is that, generally speaking, men use their fists and women use their tongues. In addition to verbal abuse, these mothers use techniques that are recognized by Amnesty International as torture and get away with it. The most common torture that these mothers use today is lack of sleep. Children and teenagers need nine hours of sleep to grow properly And I know a dozen or more teenagers who are getting less than four hours of sleep a night, not because they are playing on their phones, but because the mothers come screaming into their rooms, waking them up to do imagined chores or yell at them for some infraction. Or they keep them up with noise or fear of scary boyfriends or roommates the mother brings home. These women withhold food or have inappropriate food around the house such as sugary drinks and empty calorie snacks. One mother I know had a refrigerator full of food, but forbade her child to eat any of it. The child used some money she had from an after-school job to walk across a six-lane highway to the dollar store to buy herself a cup of ramen and a can of soda. This was pretty much all she had to eat all day, every day. I call Child Protective Services 800 207-4464 to report this child's parent and even though California is a two-party state meaning I would have had to get her consent I wished I had recorded the conversation. The social worker told me that as long as the child had that one meal she was considered fed. I don't know who to report the social worker to. So These children are being starved of appropriate food and deprived of sleep. What else? The mother doesn't take the child to the doctor. She doesn't get the child glasses. The parents send the child to school and push them out of the car wearing no shoes. These are all kids I know personally. The Geneva Convention doesn't allow this kind of treatment. Yet, Child Protective Services informs me that withholding sleep, food, Basic medical and dental care, and of course, love, is perfectly legal. Let me clarify that. Torturing a prisoner is illegal. Torturing a child is legal. The other sins of commission consist of yelling, screaming, and name-calling. Mental, not physical abuse. You're so stupid. You'll never amount to anything. And evergreen... I wished you'd never been born. One child I know had her pet kitten accidentally dried in the dryer. Another had his dog left at their apartment when the family decided to move. Torturing and killing pets to hurt the child is also vaguely legal. Favorite clothes are ruined. Favorite toys destroyed. All of these are often committed by the mother 
and have an air of plausible deniability to the authorities. But the child knows. They know they are not loved, probably hated, and they know they did nothing on their short time on this earth to deserve it. So what does that do to the mind? It twists it. All current prisoners, before their incarceration, saw an entire system bent on deciding their guilt or innocence, and even if they disagree with the outcome, they knew that they at least had an attorney on their side. Abused children have no trial, no chance to testify, no opportunity to be heard, no one cares, even as they are innocent of any imagined crime. Are you starting to get the picture? This causes them to turn their anger and sadness at such inherent unfairness either inward or outward. When they turn it inward, they commit suicide. When they turn it outward, they commit murder. The parents know this. The evil parents are fully aware that they are twisting another human being to their ends. Let me repeat that. The evil parents are fully aware that they are twisting another human being to their ends. So, what is their goal? To weaponize their kid. It's called abuse by proxy. The parents, for whatever reason, are lacking the will to commit any crimes against humanity themselves. Maybe they don't want to go to prison. I think they don't want people to think badly of them. To evil people, perception is everything and reality is nothing. So all evil parents figure out they have the power to distort another human being, their child, who will not only commit crimes against humanity, but conveniently enough, if they get caught, will be the fall guy as well. Think about it. The child goes out into the world and rapes and murders. If they don't get caught, it's the perfect crime. If they do get caught, it's the perfect crime. The parent turns their eye heavenward while looking innocent and pure as the driven snow while their child is hauled, hauled off to prison. What's the parent's motivation? Some perceived slight suffered years ago for which they want revenge. When Adam Lanza shot up Sandy Hook Elementary, he wasn't born wanting to hurt people. That's absolutely absurd. His mother made him that way. He was born happy. All children are born deliriously happy. You know that. They are thrilled with clouds and bugs and leaves and birds. They laugh and laugh at the silliest things. So someone close to him must have spent years and years molding him into a weapon. And that's exactly how you think of it. She loaded the weapon. He fired it. She weaponized her kid. It's no coincidence that she was his first victim. Now, you're going to ask, did she know she would be his first victim? Hell no! All evil people think they're untouchable. That their very evil provides some sort of magic shield 
protecting them from their own evil deeds. If you knew nothing about evil before this podcast, you did know that. Evil people think they are magically shielded from the consequences of their own evil deeds. I would bet all the money in a rich man's wallet that she taught her child from the moment of his birth to be very afraid of her reaction, not of her actions, and that if he ever felt any angst, any at all, to turn it outwards. That's why he shot her while she was still sleeping. I think he'd been carefully programmed to be afraid of her reaction to his action. So he silenced it before she could disapprove. Once more, this show doesn't mess around. When a child kills his parents, I won't say the parent deserves it. That's wrong, period. I will say they probably earned it through their bad behavior. All children are born with a fierce and powerful love toward their biological parents. It's built into us for 40,000 years, millennia. Witness adopted children searching for their blood relatives. Yet somehow, bit by bit, link by link, yard by yard, the parent pushed their child into murdering them. That wasn't the goal, of course. Evil people always think they're untouchable. But it was a completely predictable outcome. If we could wake up Adam Lanza's mother and ask, did you think you would be his first victim? And I want you to pause and think about the trap built into the question. Did you think you would be his first victim? I bet she would stupidly answer, no. When I tutored him at home, not allowing him to have normal interactions with children, and put that unlocked gun vault in his room stocked with loaded weapons, taking him to the gun range and teaching him how to shoot, I had no idea he would shoot me first. This also brings me to a future podcast that will bring cheer to your heart. Evil people are really, really stupid. This is the end of chapter two. Where do evil people come from? Thank you for listening.